I froze anyway, so. Ladies and gentlemen, Legionnaires, welcome to the Legion of Myth live stream. That's right, everyone. We're here. We're back. And this is episode number 141 on this cold wow. day in December wow. 2017. Now, normally you'd be hearing the dulcet tones of Alex Garthon Marsh. But along with me, Brett Heathen.Grismer, today we have Rick Algarian Hart. Say hello, Rick. Hello. Rick. Let's get a look at Rick. Hey, there's Rick. Is he frozen? No, he's not. Yay. Not yet. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah, we have this new new exciting feature at Legion of Myth where we occasionally will freeze one of our hosts and make fun of what he looks like in the frozen image. There you go. It's going to be fun. In fact, throw yes. it up in chat. Yes. Everything you want to see, throw it up in chat. It'll be great. Now, uh, Rick is no stranger to the show. He's been gone for uh, for almost a year now. Uh, be, because of life events, and we're going to get to that in our RNG segment. He's going to explain his jobs and tribulations post-Air Force oh, wow. life. It's yeah. going to be great. But before then, our segments today include My Heathen Dogma, Anime on the Stream. Now, I, it's the end of the year, and it's time to reflect on things gone past. And our old format was I gave three anime per, per uh, episode, and I just had one slide per each anime, and I tried to explain it. And some of these are some of my favorite anime, and one slide does not do it justice. So I decided to go back to almost exactly a year ago, December 3rd, 2016. I did two, the, these two, there was one more, but I did these two in review, and I'm going to do them again with clips and everything because we at Legion of Myth love copyright infringement hits. <laughs> illegal illegal as those hits are because we use it in fair use commentary but japan doesn't care and then after that <laughs> we're going to get into garthon's electric life he's going to uh he's going to show us the uh, skies of arcadia and tell us all about it and then after that elgarian's going to give us a shroud of the avatar a whole year's worth of updates all kinds of stuff has gone on the whole the thing is live now right before it was in beta last year wasn't it well, uh, so we're still in early release. It, what we are is it's called persistent. Uh, we're still in testing, but they're no longer going to do server wipes. And we've been persistent now for, uh, gosh, it's been probably about a year. About a year. Okay. Uh, okay. All right. Yeah, and I then... think they're they're at the cusp of uh, making a big announcement, and we all know what that announcement will be, and it'll be announcing the release date. Okay. So yeah, that's coming, but okay. uh, that. That doesn't mean release is coming. That means the announcement for the date right. is coming. Right. I understand. Okay. And then after that, uh, the random number generator where uh, anyone in chat or I or, or Elgarian will just talk about whatever. We already said one. Elgarian's going to tell us about his life. But before then, so, we have exciting to... Exciting stuff. So, there you go. <laughs> we have to get into our disclaimer. Mm -hmm. the, the opinions expressed in this episode are solely the opinions of the individual host or commentator and are not representative of the entire Legion of Myth organization. While we make an effort to provide a family-friendly atmosphere, there may be the occasional use of foul or offensive language. Thank you for your understanding and continued viewership. Now, I don't know if anyone uh, 
uh, watching right now is a longtime friend of the stream or YouTube channel, but Elgarian is notorious for his F-bombs, just dropping them left and right. He says he's been working on it, but, you know, time, yeah. time will tell on that one. Time will yeah. tell. A sentence is not complete unless it had profanity. So, <laughs> I, learned, I, learned, I learned that in English class. It's the exclamation point of life. Yeah. Speaking of life, please enhance mine. Like, subscribe, comment. Uh, you can see us, of course. You're watching us right now on Twitch, or you're watching us right now on, on YouTube. Uh, you can see what's going on in Legion of Myth, Reddit, Facebook, and Twitter. You can jump on our Discord. There's our Discord link right there. And uh, you can see us on Facebook Messenger, and you can join our Steam group to see and make fun of what games we have, do not have. And of course, you can get this as an audio podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play Music. And if you want to support us in other ways, well, there's plenty of ways. My two favorite is Patreon, because in the coming year, 2018, there will be Patreon-only content. And, of course, our, our Legion of Myth gear, as you can see. Oh, the shirts, the hoodies, they are fantastic. And, of course, Elgarian, because you are a co-host on the show, you will get a free shirt. What? That's right. Afterward, yeah. just tell me your address and your size, and I will ship it to you myself. Well, well speaking for the post office, a former employee, uh, I hope I get it. You know, it's, just, it's, hard, <laughs> it's hard to say what you're going to get in the mail these days. Okay. So. Oh, and that comes to the anime on the stream. Now, like I said, this is a, a, a review a uh, re-review maybe you want to call it but it's a good one first on the list is aesthetica of a rogue hero now the world is the most fascinating part of this it's now it's in our world the only difference is for the past 30 years or so children from you know early teens to early adulthood just up and vanish out of thin air about half of them come back telling stories of a fantastic world of swords and magic and while they were there they learned that they were summoned to be heroes in that world and right some wrong like a like like a a dnd summoning spell you're 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 summoning an air elemental to do your battle for you no this spell summons a dude it summons uh i don't know dave it's Dave. Dave. <laughs> and of course, when Dave gets there, he's got no magic. He's just Dave, right? So he's got to mm -hmm. learn. But the cool thing is, when they come back to our world, the ones that make it back, uh, they still have all the things they learned in the other world. So they can use hmm. magic if they learn magic. They can, you know, they have all the skills they learned. So they keep that. And that initially was a real problem. Because these guys were casting fireballs and stuff for, like, realsies. And that that doesn't fit in the world. So, um, What are you talking about? That, that'd be great for the resume. <laughs> it'd be great for the resume. It'd be bad for your neighbors. Your property value goes down. <laughs> oh, yeah, the fireball guy who lives next door. Make, make sure your insurance is high. No. Uh, so what they did was uh, the United Nations got, uh, got a, a special school for these kids when they come back. Right? So they, they go to the school called Babel, and uh, they, they learn normal, normal school stuff. They, it's, an, it's an elementary through high school program, and on top of the normal uh, educational curriculum, they have uh, practical uh, training for your specific gifts. Everyone learns different kinds of magic or different kinds of skills or whatever, and you know people, like I said, this has been going on for about 30 years, so there, there, are, there are the geezers who are 40 or 50 
who are very experienced in using in using these things and tricks and tips stuff like that so to protect the populace and to train the new people coming back they created this school now let's let's talk about uh, the particulars of this before we continue uh, it was directed by Rian Cujo uh, written by Rinosuke Kin Kinetsu, I'm going to go with that. Good try, good try. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Kayo Konishi uh, with music, uh, Yukio Kondo. Uh, Mocha with a star, apparently, <laughs> is, the, is, the, is the symbol, kind of like Prince, I guess. Okay. Uh, Arm Studio, licensed by Madman Entertainment, Funimation, and Manga Entertainment. And uh, original artwork is, uh, I'm sorry, original network is ATX, CTC, Sun, Tokyo MX, TVA, and BS11. The original run, like I said, it's an oldie. July 6, 2012 to September 21st, 2012. Only had 12 episodes plus 12 specials. And you can watch it on Hulu. Still, currently, on Hulu. Hmm. Now, let's get into some of the characters. The main character, Akatsuki Osawa. Now, this guy, he, uh, he was summoned. Just like all the other all the other kids, he was summoned to to a world, and uh, he was summoned with the express purpose to defeat the Dark Lord and save the kingdom. Well, when he was summoned, he was a guy, just Dave. a dude, right? So he learned <laughs> he 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 learned how to how to work around this world, and uh, he got power, and he defeated the Dark Lord, and he wants to go home. Well, of course, yeah. So. So he, he, he won, and so he decided to leave. They didn't want him to leave because, you know, he's the super great hero. You know, they want him to stay. They want him to be a symbol of righteousness and beautifulness and, alf- and awesomeness and power of the kingdom. And he's like, no, I left, all, all, like, all my stoves on, so I got to go. Mm-hmm. It's been, like, ever, so I got I to gotta hit the road. So, so then they called him a rogue hero. Because you're going against the wishes of the kingdom. He's like, yeah, I'll take that. He, he liked that idea. Rogue hero. I love it. Yeah, sounds cool. Yeah, so he, he beat the Dark Lord, saved everyone. Uh, the problem is, with the Dark Lord's dying breath, he entrusted his only daughter to him. It's like, you defeated me, yes. You, you've, you've defeated all of my legions, yes. Mm-hmm. Now you have to take on my responsibility, which is my daughter. <laughs> what is that like a she's a real pain in the butt so here you go you know, <laughs> no, how dare no. you kill me no 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 no, no 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 it's not a punishment he loved his daughter okay okay, okay. He, he loved his daughter he was trying to take over the world to, to make sure that she grew up in a world where no one would try to kill her because she's the daughter of a dark lord people are going to try and kill her so okay. i i really like how good and evil is point of view in this in this whole anime series it really is you know that guy is good with his point of view and the other guy is good from his point of view it's the viewer's decision on who's good and who's evil you get to make that decision throughout the entire thing and the cool thing is you're not wrong anyway uh akatsuki never learned how to use magic instead he learned what what's called linked energy manipulation i want you to think advanced dungeons and dragons second edition psionics whereas uh osawa is a psionic level 30 completely overpowered and i have a clip that i'm going to show you of an example and we're going to see it right now probably explains how you can carry that big ass sword looks pretty heavy yes 
This is a well. By the way, for everyone, this is a this is his first training scenario in the, in the Babel School. Absolutely, no one knows what he can do. And he passes out. Not not from getting hit, just from passing out, just because he's scaredy cat. <laughs> Alright, so linked energy manipulation allows him to manipulate the energy of his body, of other people's bodies, and to cancel out magic, giving him a high degree of magic resistance. So okay. that giant fire pillar spell didn't didn't even singe him because he saw it coming and he was able to increase his magic resistance at that moment so where it didn't hurt him at all. Okay. So yeah, he didn't need magic. He never used it because he's got he's got a power that's better and cancels out magic. So pfft, why why waste time on that second tier crap? Now uh, we'll get to the uh, our our second character, which is Mew Osawa. Uh, I her her real her real name is not Osawa, obviously, because uh, she's the daughter of the Dark Lord. But uh, what uh, what Akatsuki told her to say was she's his long lost sister. She was taken years and years before him, and they they happened to be they happened to be summoned to the same world, and they found each other and came back together. That that's the story that he told her to say, and she's like, okay, cool. So she tells that story, and surprisingly, very unevil, for being hmm. the daughter of the Dark Lord, very unevil. She's not very sure of herself. She got a lot of PTSD because she saw her dad killed by the guy who's now her guardian. So hmm. she's got some conflict going up in here. Some, understandable yeah yeah some some understandable uh dissonance happening up here about what's good what's bad who's good who's bad you know uh she she works through it throughout the series she works through it so that's cool and her father of course loving her taught her some skills taught her some stuff how to defend herself and we are going to check some of that out right now this is also the uh an, her entrance exam どうしたいか。だが、おい。まくな。これほどの魔法を数秒で。しかも防護障壁を残したままだ。だと。あ、お、ドゥ、ドゥ、ロックアップ。あ、お。ウッス。やった。おい。よかったのかな。ダミーの
Now, uh, the, these are uh, uh, Akatsuki and, and Mew's uh, fellow, fellow class members. When, when, they, when they enter the Babel school, the, these are the people that they befriend. Uh, and Osawa understood that Mew would have trouble making friends with people because she's from a different world and, and has to fake being from this one yet not remembering things, right? So he, he, he saw these two and put them in, put uh, them and Mew in situations where they can bond to form, to form a friendship, and it worked. And they, 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 they became Mew's, Mew's best friends. I will say that uh, that Demoto gets a, gets a lot more character development. She she's the little one with the big hammer. Okay. Yeah, uh, her character, her backstory of her character is is much more intricate than than uh, than, than the other girl because uh, she is uh, she skips several grades. That's why she's even younger looking than than other than other anime girls because she's actually uh, uh, junior high school age, but in a high school level class because she's gifted. So she has trouble fitting in. She had trouble uh, reconciling emotions, stuff like that, because, you know, she's still in that age where, you know, girls are crazy. You know, they're having trouble with hormones, having trouble keeping, you know, they squeal a lot. But she, like, so clamps down on that that it affects her personality. And and Akatsuki actually helps her break out of her shell, you know, and, and uh, her friendship with Mew and and, and, the other, uh, and the other supporting characters actually help her out, and she has a lot of good character growth, which I really like. I really like that. Now, the main antagonist, Cocoon. Now, Cocoon is an acronym that I didn't bother looking up because it was dumb. It was like S.H.I.E.L.D. It's, it's like they just wanted something to spell Cocoon, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, what this is, this is the steering committee for the U.N. task force uh, that, that, is a, that is in charge of Babel, all right? Now, the, when, when, a, when a student graduates from the, from the Babel school, they go back to their country but they are automatically enrolled in the UN Defense Force and deployed wherever the UN says they need to be deployed throughout the world to stop conflict. Okay. And the the cocoon is the is the group of people who uh, who controls that aspect of of this UN uh, task force. Mm-hmm. All right, and they are a bunch of shadowy figures who looming looming in the darkness. They have a grand plan for the world that the UN and the world doesn't know about, but they don't get into it in season one. They don't get into it. They just allude to there's a grand plan. They allude to it. Right? So, anyway, uh, we get to the the uh, main antagonist that is an actual person, and that is Phil Burnett. Doesn't doesn't quite strike fear in you, does it? No, it sounds like a talk show host. Yes, it does sound like a talk And oh, here's <laughs> Phil Burnett. It does, it does, doesn't it? Now, the reason his name is Phil Burnett is because he is from this world. He's from the same world as Akatsuki. He's from here, Earth, this okay. Earth, right? So uh, he, he was taken a long time ago, but he decided not to go back. He liked being in that other world. And he went to the same other world as Akatsuki and Mew come from. And uh, when when Mew when uh, when Mew disappeared, and the rogue hero left, everyone in that world put two and two together and said, "Oh, he must have taken her." And so uh, other countries in that world sent Phil Burnett back back here to get the Dark Lord's daughter and bring her back so she can be publicly executed. Okay, um, yeah, he, uh, he wants to be acknowledged as a hero. 
just like just like our protagonist and all the other heroes that were summoned before him but he never quite made that level he never quite made that level of distinction and it's because yeah. uh his big problem is that he's an evil d-bag well the name's kind of holding them back too i mean yeah. come on yeah like like bright star the glorious could could help him out but yeah no be, being a d-bag is probably is probably his his biggest his biggest problem mm. uh and plus uh he he made a being an evil d-bag he made a pact with the with the dragon of woe to merge their bodies together and uh i got a i got a clip of this and we're going to show it right now that's not it this is it <laughs> yes, right. You're right. Uh, BT Mike, it is a little DBZ action on that one. Uh, now, uh, making making a pact with a uh, with uh, a, an evil an evil dragon is bad. Uh, pro tip: it's not hero like, and uh, it's it's probably not going to win you any points with the ladies or with any good aligned countries. But he did it for power. He just thought that power equals good, and good will make him a hero so power will make him a hero he had that in his head it, it's not a good plan it's it's a it's a bad plan so uh yeah we're gonna we're gonna move on from him now what i thought of it four stars okay uh the action was excellent the action was great uh all, all the fighting scenes were just like i like uh they, they didn't simulate fast mo fast motion by model blurring or walleye effect they actually wrote in more frames to actually, you know, so you don't get a blur. Uh, the the character development, uh, especially with some of the supporting cast and with Mew herself, was excellent. Uh, because you see her, you, you see Mew uh, grapple with her PTSD, and you see some of the other supporting cast uh, grapple with their personal issues and overcome by the end of the first season, which is excellent. And the story and plot were very well written and very well executed. Which, which, you know, you don't get a whole lot. You get either a good story, it was a really great story idea, but it was executed very poorly. Or the plot was great, but the, the story itself is kind of weak and has holes in it. No. You, 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 get, you, get, uh, you get both of them. You get the best of both worlds in this one. Now, the reason it got knocked off a star was uh, the Sawa's perviness, it's unnecessary. Now, he's not really perverted, but his he doesn't like hitting girls, all right? But girls love trying to trying to kill him. All right? So what he does is he snatches their underwear. <laughs> like through their clothes, like like a freaking magician and and because this is a Japanese anime, they are Japanese animation girls, so they stop fighting and become and become very humble and 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 timid. And I have hmm. that clip right here as an example. 
白に残念。<笑> Yep, so there you go. That's uh that's that's what happened there. Uh all, all of the all of the, the 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 Valkyrie got close enough within arm's reach between that moment and the moment he jumped in the air, he had taken all of their bra and panties, all of them. And so he stopped the fight before it started. That's you know, I, I thought invisibility would be the coolest superpower, but this is <laughs> this this has proven me wrong. Yeah, this, this is the best there power. Yeah, I did. I think they could have they could have used something else besides you know stealing underwear from uh, seemingly either close to age or uh, or not not quite underage girls, but uh, yeah, it was unnecessary. And uh, this this doesn't knock off anything, but uh, it it does have nudity. But on Hulu, it's all censored. Oh, good. good. Yeah, they have they have sensor bars or or little little uh, ma magical swirl symbols around you know new, uh, naked parts stuff like that. So you don't really see anything. All right, so it's still safe. That's fine. All right, so there you go. Four stars. Aesthetic of a rogue hero. Now we move on to our next anime, Log Horizon. Log Horizon is not new in the fact where you know player of a game gets trapped in the game. All right. Uh, the the best example, the most popular example, is Sword Art Online. But unlike a lot of the other ones, in Log Horizon, they don't get out. It's been two seasons. They haven't gotten out. Haven't even gotten close to getting out. What they have done is made, made their life inside the game as good as it possibly can get while still searching for a way home. Th this is where the other animes don't really delve into in sword art online yes there were npcs but they were treated as such there were quests and there they were treated as such you know you go and you talk to an npc you click yes he gives you a quest you go do the quest you get your loot no in the world in this world the npcs are real people you know in the game all it had was a quick blurb on what this person was in this reality in the game they have an entire backstory. They have they, they had a childhood. They have kids. They have a wife. They have a job. They have, they're real people. It's just like the world. The world is absolutely real. Everything is exactly the same. So you can't just view it like it's a game, like you could at Sword Art Online. You have to view it like it's you're in a different country because uh, you can get into trouble. You, you can, you can uh, screw over an NPC, and in the game, maybe that NPC won't talk to you. In the immersive version of the game, like in Lock Horizon, that NPC will tell all the other NPCs you're a D-bag, and then no one will talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, let, let's get to the specifics of this. Uh, it was directed by Shinji Ishihara, written by uh, Toshiso 
Nomoto. Uh, music is by State Light for the first season, and Yasuhura Takanishi for the second season. Studio State Light for the first season, and Studio Dean for the second season. Uh, licensed by Sentai Filmworks MVM Entertainment and, and Madman Entertainment for season two. The original network was NHKE. The original run was October 5th, 2013 to March 28th, 2013 to March 28th, 2015 for a total of 50 episodes. And you can watch it on Hulu. Now, let's talk about our main characters. Main character, Shiro, uh, nicknamed the villain in glasses. He is an enchanter slash combat controller. Now, combat controller isn't really a thing, but that's what he does. Uh, Shiro, Shiro of, uh, what was his... Uh, he had a lot of nicknames. Villain in, Glass and, Villain in Glasses was one of them. Also, he had an ability in the game that uh, he was so good at, at this game, at, at seeing combat, he could look with almost 100% certainty one minute into the future and know exactly what's going to happen. So he knows exactly what to do, uh, uh, how to order people around in combat, how to place his troops, which spells to use, to, which spells to tell other people to use, stuff like that. He was a, he was a, a BT Mike says, he think he's seen a clip of this before. Well, you're going to see a couple again, because I got that coming up. Yeah, Tactical Genius, you're right. Now, uh, he was a member, he wasn't, it was an unofficial guild called the Debauchery Tea Party. What these people were is uh, a bunch of people who would form a party and go to places no one's ever been. Like raid zones no one's ever beaten, they would go beat it. Uh, brand new expansion, they would be the first ones to completely explore it. They were, they were uh, within the game, they were, you know, folklore heroes. All right, he was never been a member of a real guild before. Like I said, that was an unofficial guild. They never actually joined a, together as a guild. They just joined together as a party whenever they wanted to adventure and then broke up afterward and went their separate ways. Now, why is he called the villain in glasses? Well, his, uh, his tactical genius is often very uh, analytical, Vulcan-like, and people kind of take it the wrong way sometimes. Let's, let's go ahead and give an example of, of uh, his problem-solving skills. And there is... Oh, hang on, hang on. I have to adjust the frame on this one because it is not fitting. I'm going to adjust it and then I'm going to redo it. For some reason, this one did not adjust like the others to fit the frame. There we go. Okay, I'm going to restart it so you can actually uh, understand what he's saying because the subtitles were occluded. Let's try it again. から4時間ほど前ですが、僕はこのギルド会館というゾーンを購入しました。今のスター。さすが。当然ゾーンの設定権は僕によってその権利はゾーンの入隊場に関するものも含まれます。つまり僕がブラックリストに入れた人たちは
was uh, if you can't enter the guild hall, you can't go to your guild-specific zone, your actual guild home. You can't use the bank. So hmm. all of your items that, you, that you've put in the town bank, you can't get to if he doesn't allow you into the guild building. So people in their guild zone can't get out because to get out, you have to go through the guild building and you can't get into the bank or your guild if you're outside because you can't get into the guild building. So he's enforcing order by basically holding everyone and everything hostage. Yeah, it's, it's kind of cool how they're almost incorporating um, video game uh, guild mechanics. Yes, no, I, I actually get into that at my, at my, in my end screen. Uh, they they are very very heavy into the technical aspect of an MMORPG. It's it's awesome. all yeah. If, so if you're a fan, you'll be a fan of this. Now that's Shiro. Now we're gonna get into also Akatsuki. There's there's another Akatsuki. It it has it has a meaning. I looked it up once. I forgot. But uh, she is uh, she is a spy slash assassin. Uh, she she was a, a an intense role player. So you know you 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 can uh, Rick you uh, you can. You can relate. She she role played this this RPG all the time. She was always in character. Mm-hmm. So she's forced into this world. She decided, well, I'm just going to stay in character. So she 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 calls uh, she calls Shiro her lord or master, and uh, 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 he is her uh, you know master, and, and she she is her uh, he, uh, she is his uh, liege or whatever. You know, she's she, she's the assassin for him. Uh, she's always trying to get get more powerful because uh, Shiro and the the, uh, the the next character that's coming after this one and the next character after that are way more popular. They're way more powerful than her. Everyone else was uh, are heroes from from the debauchery tea party. So she is constantly pushing herself to be stronger and stronger and stronger to to assist Shiro better, to assist her master better, to be better for Shiro. And I have a clip of her actually mastering a brand new skill now in in this world they're called over skills skills that were not in the real game but if you push yourself hard enough you can create a specific skill unique to you that only you can use that can't be taught and we're going to see her learn hers right now And there's her skill, uh, the oral art or over skill, depending on your your uh, translation. Uh, she she's able to uh, to combine her spy and assassin skills to form a skill to where she can be at multiple places at once and attack from multiple angles. So she, she, she's using her spy thing to occlude where she is because she's everywhere and she's using her assassin attack to always be attacking from a blind spot. Okay. Alright, so that, that's, that's how she rolls now, apparently. So that's yeah, pretty cool. A little pop-up window even came up on the screen. Yeah, yeah. New, new skill learned. That's exactly <laughs> what happens. Like, 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 like I said, they're very technical in this one. Yeah. 
Okay, and uh, our th- our third character is Nautsko. Now he's a he was also a member of the debauchery tea party. He's a guardian class. He's one of one of the fighter classes. Guardian classes are your tank. You know they 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 get uh, crowd control. Everyone tries to attack him. They can absorb large amounts large amounts of DPS, and uh, that that's his role. And as a guy, he is he is fiercely loyal, and he's a good dude. He's just he's 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 a he's he's not a bro. But he's a guy that if you got drunk, he'd give you a ride home, and if you puked in his car, he'd he'd, he'd be okay with it. You know, he'd be like, "All right, I forgive you." You know, <laughs> just tomorrow you're cleaning it up. Like that's about it. You know, see, he's a, he's a cool dude. But I'm gonna give you an example of his super tankiness. Boy Scout, that's exactly right, BT. He's a Boy Scout. I'm gonna give you an example of his super tankiness right here. Anchor Howl is a power that anyone who wants to attack must attack the person who threw out the Anchor Howl. It protects his entire party. Okay, so he threw out an anchor howl, which which means anyone who wants to attack in the area must attack him. And then he threw out a castle of stone, which means all their attacks will do absolutely nothing. No damage whatsoever for the first 10 seconds. None at all. So, yeah, that, that's the example of the Guardian. And another example on how this anime is extremely technical in their in their aspect with the MMORPG. Now, our, uh, our last main character is Nyanta. Now, he is uh, he's a swashbuckler class. Also, uh, 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 part of the debauchery tea party. Now, uh, he's an older gamer. All right, now I, I put older in quotes because he's our age. He's in his early 40s. Now, they don't actually say that in the game, but Shiro deduces that from hints and clues. And he is also a role player. He is uh, because he always he always is in character. He is a he is a half man half cat hybrid uh, uh, race. So he always says meow all the time. In, in in Shiro's clip, he said meow at the end of the clip. So he actually says meow at the end of every almost everything he says. That's just what he does. And kind so, of, yeah, like super super troopers. Yeah, yeah, very, very much so, very much so. Uh, he's he's the he's the uh, wise old man. Of the of the group, you know, he's the sounding board. He's the guy who's been around. You have a moral dilemma, you come to him. You know all that stuff, and we have we can see him in action. Right here. Tolkien's,武器攻撃系の一つで二刀流が可能な数少ない職人。そしてその特徴は。I also like how he puts one sword behind his back when he when he has his fighting stance. I think that's kind of funny. Yeah. So uh, yes, the you know the, the again they went very technical, but I like it. I like it a lot. The debuffing skills exactly. 
And so, what did I? And so, I'm oh, sorry. Uh, we got to talk about the main bad guys. The world, the world's main bad guy. Thirty thousand people at the very moment that uh, that update eleven launched is when this happened. Thirty thousand people were online playing the game at that moment, and so they were all dragged in this world. Huh. Now, you you drop thirty thousand people from all over the world. <clears throat> into one place who don't really he may not know each other most of them don't know each other it can cause problems so for the first season it's just everyone trying to friggin get along man <laughs> you know and all the npcs are real now you gotta treat them like people there you know there's, there's a learning curve this whole thing and they found out early on that dying isn't dangerous you die you get resurrected in the chapel just like in the game <laughs> but the problem is that your memories of the real world start to fade every time you die. You lose a memory of the real world. The more you die, the more memory of, the, of the, your old life you lose. They, they find that out partway, uh, either at the end of the first or partway through the second season. They find that out. So uh, the, the quest for this whole thing is to tame this world to make it habitable for them you know, to fit into its ecosystem. And and also at the same time, that's just survival. After that's done, try and get home. You know, not everyone wants to go home, but enough people want to go home to where it's a thing. You know, it's it's a driving it's a driving force and, and, and an impetus for, you know, most of the most of the characters. Now, would I give this four and a half stars? Couldn't give it five, I'll tell you why. The good news is. Uh, this is an MMORPG's enthusiast dream anime. I mean, if you were stuck in an anime, you would want it to be the technical as possible. The pop-up windows, the the uh, yeah, you you can use all of your all of your skills in exactly the right order. It shows the cooldowns for you. You know, that's all still present in the world. <laughs> so if you, if you're an enthusiast, you'll love it. You'll understand this thing right out of right out of the gate. The character development is great. Everyone gets developed everybody there's almost nobody that doesn't get some kind of development even if it's stupid minor they still get half an episode it's great <laughs> and these the reactions by people stuck in the game are extremely realistic this is you know at, at at first everyone was like oh cool some people like oh it's a game let's go let's kill some stuff oh i love killing folk now this is fun and you know they, they would start killing player characters because ah, they just resurrect in the, in, the, in the cathedral and we get we get half their gold when they die or all the gold they have on them instead of the bank. So ha ha ha, who cares? You know, and then there was there were the people like Shiro who wanted to bring order, who wanted to bring, you know, uh, a, a sense of justice and right and wrong to this world that wasn't part of the game. They All they had was combat and non-combat zones. Cities were non-combat zones, so you can't fight someone or loot someone or steal someone in a city. But outside the city, it's all PvP. It's fair game. You know, so he wanted to enforce some rules, not just in the city, but outside the city as well. Some justice, some law, you know, and some some people are going to want to do that. And I like the way that they that they went forward with that idea being encumbered by all these other competing ideas. Now, the bad stuff. If you don't like MMORPGs, this can seem too technical because it really is. I mean, the, the combat, while smooth and cool looking 
is very technical RPG tech technical. Like, like, okay, I do, you know, armor strike, armor rend, do this, do that. And then a, a root and then a stun. And then, you know, everyone's talking like that because that's exactly what they're doing. That's what they would do in the game. So that's what they're doing here. For people who don't like playing MMORPGs, that's going to be, that's going to be hindrance. So I had to, I had to take off mm. because it's not for everyone. If it was for everyone, I'd give it five stars easy, but it's not. So I had to give it four and a half. It sounds really cool. I mean, I'd be yeah. intrigued to watch it. Oh, it's like I said, it's on Hulu. You, you can watch it anytime you want. It's like, cool. they're, they're Lock Horizon and Lock Horizon 2. Those are season one and two. Check them out. I highly recommend it. If you play MMORPGs, I highly recommend this. How many uh, BT mics is how many anime... Have we seen their characters announce special moves during a fight? More than a few. That's true. That's true. But uh, this is, uh, they don't announce it. Well, they, they did with the with the anchor howl. But uh, the, it actually has a, a voiceover type thing sometimes. <laughs> if, they, if they don't announce it, someone someone will be narrating it. <laughs> and then you'll, you, you will actually see the pop-up screen with the cooldown timer spinning down. <laughs> It's so it's pretty cool if you like these things, but if you don't, then it's gonna be it might be annoying. Well, even in kung fu movies, they're very verbal about the names yes. of the moves. Oh, I'm with you with my like, mongoose killer attack. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I got gotcha, you, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's the mm. same thing, but you also get a graphic. That's about it. And Duncan Hido, this is not a great time to hop in because I'm done. You missed <laughs> my segment completely, Duncan. No excuse for you, but. Unlike Duncan, if you want to be a good friend of the stream, you can check out all of my Heathen Dogma and my anime RPG team-ups either on uh, on VOD here or on our YouTube channel. You can especially like our Star Trek Online and Secret World Legends where I, myself, and Garthon team up together to play these games and explore its content. And all of my past streams, I stream on Mondays and Thursdays at uh, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central. And I've done Star Trek Online from fir from first level to end of content. I've done StarCraft II from beginning to end. I played Monopoly Plus, where I've won and lost horribly. Uh, I played Observer, uh, which is uh, voiced by Rutger Hauer, which was a fun game, but the game hates me because it was a little glitchy, and I got stuck in a place where I kept falling out of the world. And then I played Amnesia Dark Descent and A Machine for Pigs, and Outlast and Outlast Whistleblower, uh, thanks to Baldahar, a good friend of the stream, unlike Duncan Ido, who gifted me these games to stream for his enjoyment. Monopoly was great fun, and Duncan Ido highly recommends for people who haven't watched those streams yet. Now he's trying to kiss my butt. You have to do more than that, buddy. Okay. Like I said, Monday and Thursday at 12 noon, uh, I did Quake Champions. Uh, I had a little trouble for the first hour and a half of my stream because the same settings I tested the night before didn't work. So I had to find all new settings. I finally found settings that work, so I'll be able to play it again come Monday. I suck at it. I played a total of six hours. I am level seven. The people that I'm fighting against in Quake Champions are level late, late 30s to early 40s. So, yeah, I die a lot. <laughs> if you like to see me die a lot like Baldahar does then you'll love to see this and that's it for me thank you very much tuning out I really appreciate it now we're going to get to our segment ba -ba -ba -ba, Garthon's Electric Life where he's going to 
Uh, yeah, he's going to uh, tell us about Skies of Arcadia, an oldie but goodie from the Sega Dreamcast. Now, I want to caveat this. You may have some trouble understanding Garthon's voice. Uh, he, he has a tendency to have the game volume a little too high. I've tried with my, with my not-quite-professional software to isolate his voice and augment it, but I'm not a wizard, so this may or may not work. But here we go. Welcome to Garthon's Electric Life. The Age of Exploration has dawned upon the world of Arcadia. Brave adventurers set sail across the vast skies in search of treasures untold. And where there's treasure, there will be air pirates. Welcome to Sky of Arcadia. Developed by Overworks and published by Sega, uh, it was directed by Atsushi Sesiyama and Shwanto uh, Tanaka, produced by Reiko Kodama, with an amazing musical score composed by Yutaka Minobe and Tatsuya Media. Uh, it was released on the Dreamcast in the year of 2000. Uh, both in America and in Japan, and released April 27, 2001 in Europe. So, they got it later. Uh -huh, sorry. Uh, it is a role-playing game, turn-based, and like many of those games, you run around, search for treasure, get more levels, kill more dudes, and in the end, save the world. The game takes place in the world of Arcadia, a fictional world, of course, made up of floating islands, floating continents, a mysterious past, where of an ancient civilization that once held everything together is now gone and separated themselves. And, and in this new order, which has been around for a few hundred years, of the six peaceful nation states, one is rising up to get a little big for its britches and decided to take over everyone else and to try and take over the power of the lost civilization. And that's where it starts getting interesting because that's where you enter into the picture. As a mysterious girl who runs from the evil empire comes into your life. You'll see that shortly. But as one could expect, you assemble your heroes and defeat the bad guys and save the world. And why not? The world needs saving. Uh, it centers around uh, Vice, who is an air pirate, leader of, well, the son of the leader of the Blue Rogues, uh, who are basically your Robin Hood type air pirates, robbing from the rich, giving to the poor. Optimistic, good guy. Uh, uh, he's joined primarily by his friends Ika, uh, with the orange pigtails, uh, and Fina, uh, the blonde girl you're seeing right now, actually, who is an escaped member of the defunct Silver Civilization. Throughout the game, you also recruit other characters during your quest, uh, including the Captain Ahab S. Captain Drachma, uh, the cunning rogue Gilder, and the noble Enrique. Each of them has their own abilities and strengths. It's the most interesting backstory. And as the story progresses, you'll be forced to add or remove people from your party, which is pretty standard for this kind of game. 
but in the way it does, it's actually not too heavy-handed, and it feels natural when it does come back. Now, why am I talking about this game? Well, this is one of the very best games ever produced for uh, It's usually, it makes a top ten list of best Dreamcast games, so it's almost always on it. Dreamcast uh, didn't honestly have too many role-playing games, so there's some RPGs, it's definitely but it's a very strong entry. It stacks right up there with any Final Fantasy or Tales game, in my opinion. And it really is a shame that it never got a sequel on any platform. There was a remake uh, that was released on the game by Nintendo right after Sega decided to stop making consoles. But by the time the game was released on the GameCube in 2000. Uh, 2003, yeah, it was released on the GameCube. Uh, by that time, the PlayStation 2 was in full effect, and so the graphics looked a bit dated on the GameCube. And that really hurt the sales, but it still was very highly rated when it came out. Uh, Sega has teased making a sequel many times, and they have kept the trademark going. But there's been many stalled projects that just never came to life. If you're a fan of role-playing games and you haven't played this game, you really need to do yourself a favor. Find a way to play it. GameCube, Dreamcast. Uh, unfortunately, it is getting a bit pricey for the systems because it, they didn't sell a ton of copies. And it, in the retro market, it has become incredibly popular because it is a bit of a lesser-known game. But, of course, it is available through emulation. And that's one of those times where if a game is unreasonably expensive to buy retro, they're not supporting it anymore. Hell, emulate That's my opinion. It doesn't cost you anything. And in general, you know, legality is questionable. But I'm not telling you how to emulate. I'm just saying that, you know, buy open Do it at your own risk. Because <laughs> I know that the emulation is coming from all the time. But also I want to talk about this game because even though it deals with some heavy subject matters at times, it keeps everything light. Even dealing with heavy subject matters. This is a game that can be enjoyed by you know, a child, maybe someone in your 10, 12 older, who's able to hold their interest in RPG, and adults as well. It has a strong uh, anime feel to it. If you're into that, we're getting into combat. And there's many reasons why it's held on popularity for all these years, but for some reason, never has really entered the mainstream consciousness, like Final Fantasy, or Dragon Quest, or any of those games. So keep it in mind, just want to let everyone know that, in my opinion, when it was released, this game clearly was a five-star game. Now, due to its dated graphics, I'm going to give it a four and a half. But that's the only reason I'm knocking it down, because the gra graphics didn't age particularly well. But it still flows very well, moves well, highly enjoyable, combat's not outrageous. If you're playing the original Dreamcast version, and there's a lot of fun little things that you do with the VMU as well, so it's nice to get a little that added bonus to it. I enjoy the characters, I enjoy the plotline, I enjoy the good versus evil aspects of it. I even love how some of the boss fights are done on your ship.
and you can use your cannons that you've upgraded throughout time. You're recruiting crew members to make things better. Uh, for example, with that, you can have two different sets of cannoneers. One is better at damage, one is better at accuracy. And little things like that, where you could customize your crew, customize how you want to set up your ships. All these neat little things where it doesn't go overboard, you're worrying about like, oh, well, my barrel rifling is only a .32 pitch on this one. You're not worrying about all that much. But just enough to keep it interesting and to make your decisions seem to make a difference that they matter. Uh, in fact, this game was popular enough that even though there's no sequel, the characters of Vice, Ava, and Fina actually show up in a couple other Sega releases, including most notably Valkyria Chronicles, uh, where they, Vice and Aka are playable characters, and Fina is a medic in the game. Uh, there's also, uh, I think, a brief appearance in Sega uh, Sonic All-Stars Racing, uh, where you can play as Vice in a little ship, and there's actually a Scott's Arcadia World you can But, so to wrap up, Skies of Arcadia Legend, Dreamcast, or GameCube, emulated. Fantastic game. If you like JRPGs, you really owe it to yourself to play this game. If you don't like JRPGs, well, don't play this game. That's pretty simple, isn't it? But that's all this week for Garthon's Electric Life. Remember, my friends, I dream of the life electric. You have one life. Live it well, live it dirty. Have a great day. See you later, folks. All right, thank you, Garthon. Appreciate it. Uh, that that looked great. Uh, four and a half stars is big praise, really, for anyone. And I'd like to say hello to Baldahar, joined us during uh, during Garthon's segment. Glad you could make it. And you're right, uh, Duncan. The eye patch seemed to have a major design flaw. Okay. If you want to see uh, more of Garthon, uh, you can, uh, of course, usually we have Garthon's comic book here on, uh, on Twitch and on YouTube. And, of course, our team-ups with uh, Star Trek Online Secret World Legends. Uh, he has streamed in the past on Sundays, uh, uh, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 9 p.m. Central, Final Fantasy XIV, and the Banner Saga to completion, which is, which is an excellent, excellent game. Uh, you, you play a Viking-type people, and it's, it's fun. You, you have uh, food management. Uh, people management, uh, you know, so you have to make sure you have enough food for your traveling people, and you're not just warriors, but all the support people as well. You know, like the wives and the children, and the and the the quartermasters and the custodians and all that mm. stuff. You know, you have to manage all the. You know, it, it's not micromanage, but you have to make sure there's enough food for everybody, or people start dying off. And if you lose, if you if the support people die off, you start losing fighters, warrior people a lot quicker. His current stream is War Machine Tactics, which he's raging against right now because the game is supposed to be a release, but it's acting like it's in alpha. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, he's had some real trouble with that. So, yeah, there's that. But on to a happier note, we have Elgarian with his Shroud of the Avatar. Elgarian, take it away. Hello. Uh, for any of you that missed it, uh, big disclaimer, uh, having camera problems. So uh, I might freeze a bit, uh, but you should still be able to hear me fine, and I'll try to reactivate the camera as often as I can. Excellent. Hey, so uh, 
Stroud of the Avatar, uh, it's been some time since I've been on the show talking about it. Uh, it's gone through quite a bit of changes since the last time I was on. Gosh, Brett, it, it's been maybe six months since I've been on. Oh, I think eight, really. Wow. Yeah, I mean, ever since I re retired and took that other job, I just, yep. I, I literally had no time. But man, now I just got so much to tell you. So I'm going to try to compress in a whole bunch of stuff and I'll go real fast, but please fire away with questions because whatever i'll talk about it in a, a week forward if i don't get to it so okay here we go all right so first of all first off uh story uh complete is probably one of the uh uh catch phrases they've used lately what that really means because keep in mind the game is still under heavy development uh but we're really starting to see the polish levels uh, especially in key areas of what we're going to see everywhere else in the game world story complete means the three technically four major storylines, Path of Courage, Path of Truth, uh, Path of um, Courage, Truth, Love, and then of course the Path of the Oracle. Uh, these four main storylines are in the game now. They're not in their pure polished state, mm. but they're, they're in there. You can kind of get the gist of the story they're trying to portray. Yes, you're gonna encounter bugs. Yes, there's gonna be quest mechanics that are broken but uh, they are in and functional enough where you can get a full tour. And the beauty of it is there is a reset button at Town Criers where after you do it, to see what it looks like in this completely uh, some polished, some unpolished state, at a later time you can hit a reset button and redo it again and see it when it's completed. Oh, nice. So, yeah, so that's when I decided to go ahead and jump in. I, I'd been avoiding doing quests for all these years. And I said, no, I want to see the direction they're going with this story because I've read the novel. There's a, a, a novel that's accompanying this game. Mm -hmm. There's going to be two more, in fact, uh, written by Tracy uh, Hickman and Richard, uh, Richard Garriott. They, uh, I wanted to see the story for myself, how it related to the novel, and I think they did a phenomenal job. Uh, all the you know bugs and yada 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 aside, I, I truly, truly, truly did enjoy the story, and I'm excited just play it again and do it in the in the polished state. Okay. So I can't wait for that. All right. Uh, and I don't want to give any spoilers because there was something really, really cool about the whole end that I was just like, oh my gosh, that is so neat. And I got to tell you, probably the reason why uh, I was so surprised is because typically, typically when there's a story that uh, uh, of a movie, a TV show, who knows what, uh, and it's, prophecy oh he's the prophesized one yeah, to me that chosen me, one yeah 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 it's lazy writing it's <laughs> you know, it's just uh it's okay yeah great why, why didn't you actually write a story rather than just say oh well he's just the chosen one you know give, give some history give some you know why this person has risen to this ability you know why are they chosen i don't know but they went about it in such an intriguing way that it just caught me off guard at the very very end i was like wait a minute oh well that's actually kind of cool so uh, i'm not going to spoil it for anyone who decides to play the game but uh I, I, maybe offline we could talk about it uh, at some point so uh my personal shroud of the avatar there in the slide there's an image of the avatar wearing the shroud of the avatar and you see it's kind of a neutral color tan sure so so of course uh everybody who completes the uh the quest uh, quest lines, you get your, your own Shroud of the Avatar, and I wear mine. Mine is pure white, because I'm a goody-goody. Oh, good for you. Yes, yes. Yeah, you, you, you probably also don't have a giant bloody hand either. Probably not. Okay, no. all right. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. 
So, uh, and then, but it could be as black as night. Uh, that, that's that's one of the cool features that it's easy to get spoiled on that one because everyone's running around with their shrouds now. Some people are still waiting. They don't even want to test the quests. But really, really cool aspect is having that, that shroud because it's it, the way it looks, the graphical effect is related to how you played the game. How you played the game, your virtue, your virtue, virtue. Right. So I thought that was pretty cool. So there are also now that they've got uh, a lot of these main quest lines kind of working in the background, and they are still going back to polish them. They're just flooding the game with side quests now. Okay. So, and that's where I draw the line. I'm not going to do any of those. Okay. I, I am going to wait for side quests, and uh, when I reset my main quest line, I'm going to do them all at once, all together. And um, now keep in mind, those side quests affect your virtue, too. Right, so right. If, so if you decide not to help that little beggar on the side of the street, well, guess what? You know, that's going to affect your overall Wait, state. wait, 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 wait. Hang on, hang on. Not taking the quest will, it, will affect your virtue? So here's like, something that's always intriguing about uh, the virtue choices. Not always, but typically. Uh, for some of these uh, Richard Garriott-type choices. Because even when in the beginning Ultima games, right in the beginning, you make choices of virtue when you go see the gypsy woman. You know, she lays out the tarot cards, almost in the beginning of, oh, I'd say, gosh, it's got to be most of the Ultima games. You, you're not confronted with a right or wrong answer. You're confronted with, um, you know, your, your commander has ordered you to stay and hold this line no matter what. You know, uh, do you uphold truth and, and honor and, and hold that line? Or when you see way off on the side, your fellow companions who are supposed to hold their line, their line is failing. Do you help them and abandon your line? So it's, so it's, it's a choice. Both are virtuous choices, but they're different virtues. Understood. Yeah. All right, what else we got? Okay, so... Uh, I called this the soda UI update slide. There's uh, it's mechanics uh, optimization kind of kind of stuff. Sure. So they, they have been working so hard on optimization lately, uh, load times in specific. So we we used to have many minutes long load times into wow. scenes. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But now they've gone back in and started uh, optimizing all of the the data that you are actually loading. I mean, here's a perfect example. Like one of the assets was a little uh, wolf head mounted on the wall. Mm -hmm. Well, it was actually loading the entire wolf model. You know, so oh, little, just but only showing the head. Only showing the head. Right. So many uh, just gajillion things that go on in the background that aren't uh, efficient that they just go back later. Now after they start throwing everything in, they say, okay, now we got to go back and clean it all up. So they go in, they clean it up, and. Uh, on this low-end system they use at their office for uh, testing such things, uh, they said they got that one down to about 19 seconds, and their goal is 15 seconds or less for every uh, scene load. Mm -hmm. Now, I think that would be player-owned towns aside because those are harder to optimize because with all that player housing and all these different assets people are using for their outdoor decoration, Yes. It's, it's, yeah, not, you, it's not a standardized thing. You, you know, it's, it's going to be different every time. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so, so they probably won't make that same promise for player-owned towns, but for the, the, for the regular towns, they're trying really hard. And then definitely the adventure scenes. 
So uh, hitching was a big problem, you know, you for no reason whatsoever, you all of a sudden would freeze for like half a second and keep going mm. uh, while I was trying to load a particular asset likely or try to run a particular sound file. You know, it's it was uh, defragging did help for people with non-solid state drives, but uh, hitching is almost completely gone. Uh, that's yes. And that that was such a frustrating thing, especially in some scenes. It was really hard to get your rhythm when you're constantly hitching during combat. Right, right. So here, this was actually huge. So sodamap.com was a great uh, player-made asset made by Jacob White. He uh, basically captured a high-res version of the world, and it was a, a beautiful rendering, and it was completely interactive by town owners and players, and eventually he created a HUD system where you could have uh, it running side-by-side -side showing your current location. Well. Uh, Portalarium has purchased SodaMap from Jacob White. Oh, nice. Yes, it's fully integrated into the game now. They've taken away some of the non-immersive features, thankfully, like where all the farming nodes are for absolutely everything. I'm very glad they removed that. But uh, now you have a in-game map, and they've hired a web developer whose number one focus is working on that map. Because there's one beautiful thing about this concept that you don't really see with other MMOs is you can go, and keep in mind it's not at sodamap.com anymore. You'll go there and it's a defunct uh, URL. If you just go to the main thread of the website and then go to uh, 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 media and then maps, and then it takes you right to what Sodomap used to be. Okay. So uh, it's... Uh, with that web developer uh, working on it, he's going to be uh, first adding a whole bunch of assets for us to use, but it's gonna be reopened back up to player own town owners to do their own maps. And they're gonna be working on automatic processes. So like if there is a town where somebody places a house, it'll automatically show up in Soto Map. But keep in mind, you can look at the game world outside of the game using this interface, which is really cool. Nice. Uh, and of course, uh, lots of graphics enhancements. Uh, they just, for instance, just added uh, volumetric lighting uh, not too long ago. Really, really cool. Uh, I tend to only enable it for screenshots. I, I usually turn shadows off too when I'm just regular playing, keep my heat down. Mm. But uh, yeah, models, animations are getting better and better every day, um, well, every patch rather. Uh, spell effects, uh, the old uh, placeholder ones are slowly getting replaced. There's some really cool fluid uh, light effects that uh, Unity is providing that just works great. I, I really think that John, when he steps back into the game, he's going to kind of see uh, a lot of changes since the last time he's played, which I think it's been a while. It has been. Yeah. He's actually promised you for a year that he's going to he's going to team up with you and play, and uh, he 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 mentioned that yesterday. Oh, and cool. He, yeah. So he he hasn't forgotten. Yeah, well, I hope maybe during the Christmas break, maybe we can get together and uh, I'll, I'll start up a level one character. I'll create a new account and then, uh, you know, donate another 20 or $40 to Portalarium, get a new account. and. Um, wait, 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 uh, wait. You can't you just get a new character on the same account? Well, with my pledge level that I pledged at umpteen years ago, um, I, I have three character slots. They haven't enabled the technology for uh, us to have that yet that'll be coming uh, just before launch where us oh. uh, yeah but it is a game where it's one character slot per account at the moment at the moment maybe they will uh change their mind because there is some talk you know of you know other player playable races and maybe when they do that they will add and it who knows it could be a uh 
an add-on store item for them, you know, $5 add a character, you know, uh, they have to have, you know, little revenue stream items like that. So, uh, and then of course, uh, one, I have a graphics suggestion for folks I've been suffering with, uh, as a lot of people have with, uh, uh, a complaint since this game has a full daytime, nighttime, dark dungeon, bright area system, you know, where it can, it can be completely pitch black. Sometimes it's just hard to get enough light in the scenes. Like the darks are too dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I noticed that if I went into my individual graphic card settings, I found that there is a gamma setting in there that yeah. tends, to, tends to lighten up the darks without washing out the brights, which is kind of nice. Oh, good. Okay. So if you if you ever play the game, you know, heads up. So deck system, just a little recap of the kind of the main gist of this game. I kind of learned something. Uh, it was some terminology that Darkstar, one of the developers, used to uh, that really kind of clicked with me. It's like, wow, I guess really that's a great way to think of it. So it's a game where your toolbar, uh, you have your utility toolbar, and then right above it, 10 slots for combat once combat's activated. Sure. And I remember playing WoW, and I'd have toolbars all over the damn place because I had add-ons, you know, and I wanted every damn skill all over the place so I can click here, click there, or hit hotkey, hotkey, hotkey. And, well, that's not what Shroud is. Shroud is a skill-based system that bases itself off a deck system. So you you can train throughout the years of play. Oh, oh, but you can only have so much queued up. Right. At a time. Okay, I see. Exactly. So it kind of refines you into a deck for that particular session, if you will. Let's Mm -hmm. say, okay, oh, I'm going to be fighting some undead for a while. Oh, I got a good undead deck. Let me uh, pull that puppy out. And then, oh, but I may want to switch to this deck mid-combat because, look, there's wolves nearby. You know, so I don't really do like – I have like eight decks that I kind of commonly switch through. Undead happens to be one of them because I'm a a life mage and I love blasting undead. But (laughs) – um, just just for funsies. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's so satisfying to crunch bones. You know, it's great. All right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So during combat, you know, you got your primary combat deck. And if you need your other 10 alternate deck skills, you are allowed to, at a, an expensive focus, switch to your alternate deck to use skills there. So you basically have 20 slots. And there's another aspect to the deck system for people that like, oh, gosh, but... One of the things it is, is if you leave a complete open deck, you just load things into your deck, but you leave a complete open toolbar, random skills are popping up all in this toolbar. And you kind of have to keep your eyes open and use your peripheral vision to know which hotkey to hit. Or if you're a mouse clicker, use your mouse and you just click it. Mm -hmm. But there are ways to manipulate your deck where, let's say, you pseudo lock uh, four skills into the number one slot for uh, for that toolbar. And that way, if when the deck is cycling and that card, if you will, that glyph is what it's called, comes up, it will only go up on that number one slot. And if you'll say you put all your defensive abilities or your first two buttons are defensive abilities, then you know your one and two is always going to be a defensive ability. And if you know if you have a skill available and active in one or two, well, you have one ready for use. Okay. So one thing I think it does translate into is it really, really helps, keeps your UI very minimal. You know, it's, it's, you've got 10 slots. That's all you got to worry about. Don't need any other windows. Just play the game. You know, it's, it's, it's really nice, a really clean interface. 
Okay. Now, what, what's this uh, grinding thing going on? Because everyone hates that. <laughs> so keep in mind, I haven't been questing. You know, I, other than that little spurt where I did, uh, you know, for about a week, a week and a half, I did the main storylines. I, um, I said, well, I got to get leveled up. I, I own a PvP town. I need to be able to defend myself. So I have been killing uh, progressively harder creatures through the through the years, and of course now after persistence, it actually matters that I've been doing that. Mm. But uh, and I'm really excited because I'm, I'm I'm killing liches by the dozen now. Really powerful. So the uh, I find combat so incredibly intriguing. And wow, especially in Star Wars: The Old Republic, I found combat incredibly boring. It was very repetitive. It felt uh, it was just very stale, and honestly, it was very easy unless you were doing like raids. So I gotta say, uh, the combat system is challenging. Challenging. It keeps me on my toes, and I realize, wow, you know, I've been grinding now since Persistence for about a year, and I am not bored killing stuff. I like even like if I walk onto a map, the respawn rates are crazy, and the things that respawn in the spot that was there before are, isn't always the same creature. So if things are respawning around me and like, oh shoot, I've got freaking three liches on me this time. Last time I only had one and three other easy undead. So I keep have to react differently to situations. So I'm, I'm really enjoying that okay, fact. Good, good. Uh, big thing, targeting, thank God. I think it's fixed. I, I have not had a targeting problem in the longest time. There's. Um, that had been such a hassle. They finally got a pseudo effects and then, but I still couldn't heal my pet uh, effectively. But now I can even target and heal my pet, um, you know, all the time. I, I never have a, a miss heal. I, I love it. The only targeting aberration I, I ever have nowadays is, you know how like, like some games they'll have smart targeting where if you have nothing selected and you hit an attack ability, it'll auto target the, the most logical creature and you attack that. Sure. Well, uh, there's a, something I don't like about their system is I do have something selected. I want this target, but I didn't realize the slope of the land made it an inaccessible target. Oh. Inaccessible target, so it wouldn't let me really uh, attack it. So it sends my firebolt to the next logical target. Which oh, I didn't. no. Yeah. That is like, oh, I that's stupid. I'd rather have it not go off. Exactly. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Because I, I, I accidentally pulled more creatures. So, you know, that's something I hope they fix. Uh, I don't think it should work that way. I think if you have something hard targeted, it should stick yeah. to that. Yeah. And you just don't cast if it's not available. Yeah. And, and uh, if, if you if you hit the hotkey or click on it, uh, you'll say target inaccessible or target unavailable, you know, to let you know, hey, dummy, you can't hit it yet. Or you know, yeah, that would be great. And uh, Duncan Ido came in that uh, he he likes that uh, that that deck system would be really great in Star Trek Online too because uh, you have to you have to jump from ship to ship and each ship is piloted differently and each ship has different kind of weapon types. So if you have a deck system for your traits and your skills, and I'm in this ship, so that means I use these I use these decks. You know, yeah. I I have myself kitted out this way. I have all of these things. I have all these skills. I have all these specializations that work with this ship. If you could do that, that'd be great. Right now yeah. in STO, you don't have that. You, when you when you jump when you jump to a different ship, you have to <laughs> manually change all yeah. of your skills, all of your all of your proficiencies, all of your specializations to match your new ship. So that and deck that, system would be awesome. And then when you switch back, like even if it was like a quest line that put you on a temporary ship just for the quest, right? 
it, when you switch back to regular ship, all your stuff's all jacked up. Yep. You know, you got to do it all over again. Right. So the deck system will be great for that. So he likes that. But I love loot. <laughs> yeah, loot. Uh, they're starting to do more itemization uh, for loot. There's a lot, a lot cooler stuff. They, they've introduced artifacts. Uh, artifacts are basically uh, non because they keep in mind we have a very robust player economy. Uh, the best gear in the game is player crafted. Mm -hmm. uh, the artifact system is it's powerful gear. Um, the more powerful it is, it has more uh, horrible drawbacks. Oh, so goody. like, yeah. So if you have something that has a high, excuse me, high death attunement, uh, well, likely the the likely uh, uh, drawback would be it has horrible negatives to life attunement. So, which means you'll get healed less effectively. And of course, if you're trying to also uh, use life magic, other types of life magic, you won't be doing quite as well with it. Mm. So, and then if there's somebody's using life magic to damage you, you're going to take more damage. So it's right. uh, the, the artifacts are supposed to be a lot of trade-offs. Well, uh, they, they've introduced uh, bundles also. Uh, bundles is basically, they got uh, gray bundles, blue bundles, yellow bundles, and it's like a sack. You, you you loot a monster, he's got just standard loot, like if I killed a lich, you know, maybe he has a lich axe, maybe he's got some spell components if it was a mage, you know, it's got some standard standard yeah. things, but then it may have a sack, and then you, the cool thing about that sack, you don't know what's in it until you double click it, there's no way to have a sneak preview, so people are sometimes selling these sacks as a separate player economy item, because we all know that these different sack types have a chance to have certain things in them. Oh, and, okay, I get you, I get you. So it, it becomes a loot box, basically. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, the, I think there it's a, it's a really great system, and also it saves on inventory space, too, while you're out hunting. You can come back from the adventure, because uh, the, the weight is really low on these, and they're all standard. You can't get a sneak preview even of knowing what's in it by looking right. at the weight, because it suddenly becomes heavier once you open it. Right, right, right. Yeah, and it only takes up one slot until you open it. Yeah, and now keep in mind, we don't have limited slots in our in our uh, character inventories. You, you can carry as much oh, slots really? as you want. Yeah. Oh, wow. so, so that's something to keep in mind. That we're on an encumbrance weight system in this game. Oh, okay, okay. So you can carry as much as you can carry, but no more. But you could carry yeah. a billion feathers. Yeah. Okay. Well, got it. yeah. Well, a billion feathers. They feathers actually are in the game. They're called yeah. bundles of feathers, and there's a craftable item when you're making arrows. Of course. Yes. But um, you'll just if you had a billion, you, there's a. Uh, I've not reached a point where I'm carrying so much stuff I can't move. But you're going to be moving very slowly. Gotcha. Okay. So what do we, what do we got next? Okay, so item enhancement, risk versus reward. There's something I learned about crafting. I, I had been putting off crafting for a long time, uh, just because I'm not a big crafter. You know, I, I, it does the systems typically. The only time I've ever truly loved crafting was in Star Wars Galaxies. I, mm. I really, I really like that system. Well, there's something about this crafting system that I really, really like. I decided because the only thing I've crafted up until this point of about a week ago, the only thing I've crafted is like furniture and stuff like that, deco for all my houses and whatnot. Uh, this time I said, no, I'm going to try crafting like gear. I'm going to craft a wand and see, see how it works. Okay. So, so when people are making these wands, it's a step-by-step -step process of improving the item after you have your base item. So let's say you have your wand, uh, that there was basically virtually no risk, uh, other than losing maybe some fuel for the, the uh, 
uh, like some creosote or some wax or something uh, while you're making your wand. So you have your base wand mm -hmm. and you're like, okay, now I want to enhance this item. And you have three different types of uh, ways to enhance things. You have it, you can enhance it through masterworking, enchanting, or socketing uh, these items. And each time you try to enhance the item, uh, if it's successful, it gives you a little mini menu of which additional buff you would like to apply to this item. And if it's not successful, you destroyed your item. And oh, you start oh, so yeah. I get it. I get it. So uh, you can continually enhance an item, but you're stacking and stacking and stacking. And if the top stack fails, the whole thing falls like a deck of cards. and All gone. All gone. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, of course, the more skilled crafter you are, the, 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 the risk lowers that you destroy your item. But, of course, the more and more enhancements you add on... The more risk there is, yeah. The more risk there is, yeah. So it, it, it's... Uh, you can understand when you see like a plus 13 plus 50 i saw a plus 15 item the other day uh that means it's been enhanced you know a great number of times mm -hmm. uh successfully obviously. successfully so of course the price tag on that item because think of all the failed items they had to finally have oh, yeah. oh yeah oh yeah. so i like that aspect of the system you know that i didn't know existed until now i'm kind of a crafting noob how are we doing on time brett uh, we're going a little long, but, uh, I think we'll be okay. Do you want me to skip ahead to something in particular or just keep on trucking? Uh, refining changes. What's that? Okay. So for the longest time, so refining is, uh, a batch of the crafting skills that are like your first tier skills, uh, sure. prepping, prepping items for the, the, the main crafting skills. So like smelting is the refining, uh, skill tree mind you it's a skilled tree right uh for blacksmithing and so you have smelting milling uh for carpentry you have uh butchery for cooking um a tanning um clothes for making clothes or armor stuff like that yeah yeah and then uh, agri agriculture yeah 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 so all of these uh refining skill trees were always kind of silly because you click into them and they have a single skill that's it all this time. So uh, they finally announced that coming up because they're starting to, you know, spread out their, their love for all these systems. Uh, they said that the skill trees for refining are coming first quarter of uh, uh, the new year. So okay. looking forward to that. Good. Good. Oh, this is your favorite. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, maybe we should talk a... Uh, well, I got something funny here. To, real quick, uh, the grass tree mower system's finally in. We had a lot of problems with POTs, player-owned towns, where if you want to put a house there, uh, well, you got this darn tree branch in your living room that would cut right through the wall. Right. So now we have a, a system where we can mow trees down that were default to the map, which is really nice, and we can even uproot grass and stuff. Good. Uh, uh, permissions for gates, doors, and windows were added. In oh, Island. that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So keep in mind for this system, it is actually amazing for PvP. So what I can do is I can put castle walls around a settlement of houses. And that, that gate, I can put gate managers on that gate and permissions. They can add people, remove people, is who can control that gate. So in a PvP environment, it's really, really kind of cool, especially in a role-playing environment. Right. So... Uh, that system extends to basically any object that you can open and close. So the shutters on your house, you can, the, the, the permission system in this game is utterly ridiculous, but ridiculous, awesome. So like if I have a shutter on my house, 
I can open and close it, lock it, and then assign permissions to who can open, close it, and lock it, and give them the ability to assign permissions to all these freaking items everywhere. <laughs> I, I have a, that get, gets, so just think how ridiculously crazy this yes. system is. I, I have a beer stein with a flip top. Oh, great. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. So I can assign permissions. As Here, have a beer. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can't open it. <laughs> yeah, it's really kind of, I, I don't know if they really intended for the beer stein to have a permission system to it, but it does have one. I okay. thought it was hilarious. That's funny. Yeah. So uh, uh, housing myths and truths, a lot of people like to go into the fact that it's a, it's a big money grab for, uh, oh, you have to spend gobs and gobs of money to, to have housing. Just sure. keep in mind, all this stuff's available with in-game gold. And keep in mind, it's not pay to win. It's storage. If having vast amounts of storage is winning the game, well, then, uh, gosh, uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, Maybe uh, hey, maybe this. Hey, maybe you, that. you know what? You know you know what? If if it was a game about shipping magnates, then yeah, it would be winning the game for having okay. infinite storage. Yeah. There you go. Like uh, yeah, like railroad railroad tycoon. There you go. I don't know, but so here's something to consider for the lowest tier house, which is very achievable for a player. Now keep in mind, you want to strive to have housing. It wants to be a reward at some point. But no, they're not going to give it to you like some MMOs right at the very beginning of the game. You have to earn it. You have to work towards it. So keep in mind, very early on, I was making over 500 gold a day out adventuring, you know, one to two hours, you know. And I'd come back even after only having played the game for maybe a few weeks after Persistence when I was leveling, leveling my character. I was coming back, it's like, wow, just in two hours, if I were to sell all this stuff that I just looted and uh, uh, mined and stuff like that, I, I'd easily have uh, 2,500 gold if I just sold it to a vendor. And if I sold it to a player vendor who has a, a, a bill it out for those goods, I could make thousands and thousands. So 500 gold a day to a newbie might seem a little, uh, oh my gosh, but believe me, it is not that much. It's very achievable for a very, very casual player. And when it comes to storage, in the, they're looking at these people who have these big castles. Yes, I'm one of them, I know. I got a big castle. Um, but this starting home, you can have uh, one container outdoors. You can have 40 containers indoors. And you can have 200 containers in your basement. That's 241 containers with 300 items each. That means you can have 72,300 items in storage just in your home. That's not even counting your bank. Right. And keep in mind, too, that's stacks of items. So my one stack of 30,000 wood scrap counts, counts as, as one item. slot. Right. Counts as one slot. Yeah, so it's storage. That's all it is, and it's very achievable. I really wish people would stop making such a big deal about it. It's a great revenue stream for them, for the people that don't, they just want to buy it outright and say, you know what, I'm, I'm 40 years old. I can blow $200 on a house. We you know, ain't got time for this nonsense. Yeah. Yeah, sure. You know, it's a great revenue stream for them because keep in mind they're a horribly underfunded game compared to some other games that have been made. So this is just a great way for them to make money, and I, I'm, I fully support it. Okay, great. So... Uh, it's sort of for you. Well, find out there's a free trial. I think it, uh, the current one's actually going on. Uh, they're still testing the free trial system, but it seems to be working fairly well. They're still always adjusting the mechanics for what free trial users can and can't do because they're still testing it. 
they've made actually some significant changes uh, to this current free trial. Uh, they're basically trying to make it so free trial people cannot abuse the player economy. Mm. And um, so it's currently live. Give it a shot. But I, I personally, and I'll skip down for this, I, I personally would, you know, I recommend everybody just wait until uh, launch comes or maybe three months before launch. If, if beta testing and early access testing isn't for you, I, I think we're closely approaching the point where the game is in beta to what we're used to for all those other games that have closed development and then they finally have a beta for people to play. Right. I think we're finally getting to that point. So you'll you'll see a lot of polish if you were to come in now. But you know, I, I, I really think folks if they just waited maybe three months, six months before launch, that, that's probably the good window to really if if they're not comfortable doing early access testing and expect an under construction buggy environment. Right. So fantastic community. You're going to meet a lot of great folks. They're really, uh, really helpful. Uh, but I do believe this is a very niche game to a very tight core audience. I mean, think about those people that still play Ultima online. You know, yeah. those are those are hardcore Ultima. They are, true. So and I think that kind of appeals to the same. Concept. But you know what? Uh, from, from what you were telling me uh, there, be, because they finished a quest and they're adding a whole bunch of side quests, it, it seems like they're they're they're, you know, getting more of the features of more of your mainstream games to maybe bring some of those people over. Yes, I, I think so. Uh, the, it's hard to have an MMO without gobs and gobs and gobs of quests. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, uh, some people are just, I mean, that's a good percentage of your folks are questers. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll keep in mind, I, I haven't really gotten, I guess, you know, we kind of, uh, let folks know. Uh, I'm actually working on an add-on with a friend. He's doing the programming. I'm doing the interface for users to upload the, the quest data, but we're working on a system for uh, player-created quest design that's going to use in-game uh, triggers to activate our add-on and advance it. So we'll we'll be able to augment that quest system soon with player-made quests. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping to see some results of that in the next couple of months. Awesome. Uh, what's this fun fact here? I don't get it. Oh yeah. yeah, I actually brought up a. Um... So I always wondered, uh, you know how you have like little uh, tips that come up on load screens to kind of tell you about a game. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, did you know that um, undead are vulnerable to life magic? You know, little tip. Right. Well, it, it there's a tip that comes up speaking of the Great Cat Massacre of 497 PC post cataclysm. Okay. So during the patch that occurred during that uh, in-game year, uh, they made a glitch with the AI to all of the NPCs all throughout the game where it saw the cats that roam around city scenes as hostile. <laughs> <laughs> so even like bakers and, you know, uh, children blacksmiths and, and children, yeah. everybody's just massacring these cats. <laughs> Yeah, and I was like, oh, because they finally talked about it during one of the live streams. I always wondered what they meant. So, uh, but they they did a, a hot fix and they fixed it, and I missed out on it entirely. I didn't even know it. But uh, I thought I thought that was pretty fun. That is uh, pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Algarian, for uh, for telling us about the Australia Avatar. And, and, uh, and uh, BT Mike says uh, that a lot of MMOs are, are uh, dating themselves. They're they're not they're not keeping up with the times. They're not updating. So uh, before they do that, if Shroud can get in there and get get some decent advertising in there, they they could actually have a, a strong initial run. 
Yeah, I, I really hope so. I mean, I've heard them say that uh, they're hoping for between 50,000 to 100,000 really core players to that, and then makes their uh, end product viable. Right. Uh, and I think that's easily achievable with what, oh. what they've got. So, uh, you know, I, yeah, God, I would love to see them, you know, get millions and then, yeah. Well, here's crossing our fingers for you, man. And thank you very much for coming, coming on again. And we hope to have you on more segments in the future. Hey, thanks. I enjoyed it. Cool. Now, our RNG. This is all for you, man. This is all Rick all the time. Now, b before, before we get into your poor life choices, <laughs> we are, uh, this is something that, that Max Liao mentioned that, that, uh, that he missed in, uh, in last week's stream. I did not do a pre uh, an alcohol test, which I usually do. Uh, for the past couple of months, I, I get a new and astoundingly bad alcohol, and I try it for everyone. I tell them how it tastes. Well, <laughs> this one is it, it, the the bottle itself struck my fancy. It's a pretty fancy looking bottle, and I read it, and it's from Holland, hmm. and it's called Effen. Effen. That tickled me. E f f e n. I'm sure it's pronounced it. differently. In Dutch, <laughs> but it's effing raspberry. Nice, effing raspberry, right there. Yeah. So mm -hmm. we are gonna try this out. It is raspberry flavored vodka. In the past, uh, flavored vodka has been uh, cough medicine. <laughs> so we will now see what effing does with their raspberries. Cheers. Wow. The aroma hit me first. And it is amazing. The raspberry oh. was outstanding. Then the vodka, the normal vodka, you know, burned the way down. And then the aftertaste, raspberry jam. Ooh. Lightly sweetened raspberry jam. You know what? I have to recommend. I've never done this one. I have to mm. recommend people try effing raspberry. This is great. The... No, that's the, not great. It's effing good. It's effing good, man. I mean, the, so so the Dutch make great wooden shoes and flavored vodka. Is what they do. <laughs> Outstanding. Yeah. And they okay. do great. They do great dike repair too. Yes, the the fingers and kids and all that yeah. stuff. They do it. So, uh, Rick, let, let's uh, let's get a recap of your past year. You, uh, grad you graduated, retired from the United mm. States Air Force, mm. at the rank of. Do you wish to say? Uh, no, that's fine. Master Sergeant. Master Sergeant. That's fully respectable for 20 years. Oh, Just thanks. fine. Just fine. Mm. And uh, you got a job at the post office. Yeah. You went yeah. to work for the post office as, like, tier one post office employee. Yeah. Right. You know, starting right with the other 18-year-olds and 20-year-olds. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. How'd that work out? Uh, not so well. Yep. You know, I... There were some days that were just absolutely amazing. If you're out there uh, not overloaded with mail and the weather's amazing, then it's a, it's a perfect day. But uh, I was working 10 to 12 hours a day, sometimes as many as 10 days in a row. And uh, after about five months, I just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. I was just getting, I was exhausted. Right, yeah, so. but, uh, B B BT Mike, yes. Uh, whenever you start out at the post office, you start off on a route. Well, not even uh, your route. You start off as a replacement, right. as a sub 
for people who are gone or took vacation, you and you may not know tomorrow which route you're going to take or how many right. hours you're going to be made to do, but you are walking a beat. Yeah, you'll come back from doing a, somebody's full route, somebody that would normally go home after they did it. You'll walk back into the office and like, hey, we have this other half route for you to do. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. It'll be one that you didn't even know yet. And it's amazing how frustrating not knowing the route can be because uh, you're, you're really just kind of following the mail. You're not working off a map. Right. So it's, uh, yeah, it was, it, I got to say there's no job like it. It's a very interesting job. But uh, yeah, so yeah, it's I was doing the, uh, the, the The beginning tiers of this job are for the young. <laughs> yeah, my body couldn't keep up with it. Uh, each each day I was a little sore, you know, so. But uh so, uh, so you, you, uh, you, you, uh, you know, drop that like a, like a bad habit. And, yeah, the, uh, what'd you do then? Well, the day after I, uh, quit the post office, I put my house on the market out in the country, uh, had a buyer pretty quick. Uh, and then I bought a house here in town, uh, paid cash and now I'm living like a bum on my military pension. So, uh, you know, it's kind of cool. I, I spend my day, uh, gaming. I, uh. You know, walk downtown right around two o'clock, maybe mm -hmm. three, have a beer or two, have a coffee. And then I come back and I do some more gaming or watch some TV. And well, you're retired, life. man. That's what you're supposed to do. And yeah. If, and, yeah and if, if you can afford it, I mean, uh, you you didn't get the full 50 percent. You got something like what, 40, 45 of your of your former pay. Oh, 50 percent. Yeah. Oh, you got 50, you got the full 50. Awesome. Good. Good for you, man. Yeah. And uh, you know, as uh, if if you had if you had money saved up and you don't have uh, uh, the, a car to pay or a boat to pay off or a house to pay off, you can you can be done. You know, there's a radio show called the Dave Ramsey Show. You ever hear it? He's a financial advisor. I heard of it. I don't. Yeah, so to. it's really big about you know the whole thing. The show's about getting debt free, and I'm right. finally debt free. There you go. So it's, yeah, it's it's a great feeling just to get to that point. But by gosh, that's. Oh yeah, no, I, I had to marry to, to retire. I had, I had to marry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, what, that's what I need. I need to find a wife so I can get some extra income around. There you go. Place. Bam. Bickety yeah. bam. There it is. Well, that's great. Okay. Uh, do you have anything else to add? Do you want to talk about something else? Well, I signed up for Amazon Prime last night. I just started watching The Expanse last night and I am loving it. Really? Yes. So uh, I don't know if any of you guys have watched the sci-fi orig uh, original series, The Expanse. It's a very kind of nerdy, complex, uh, um, dramatic sci-fi show. And I'm, I'm definitely uh, – oh, yeah, and they are based on books. Uh, it brings that up right there in the beginning of the show. So I'm curious as to what – are the books pretty darn good then? Oh, yeah. That's what he said. He said they're really good, yeah. Getting a wife sing extra income normally the addition of a wife results in massive subtraction from the wallet, oh. which is no. See, I, I had to get a wife. That's what I had to do. He just he just needs to get a long term girlfriend with separate bank accounts. That's what he there, needs. There you go. There you go. You know, have move it, move her in. Don't marry her. Don't be dumb. Don't marry her. But, you know, say, hey, you're paying half the stuff. Like, oh, okay, if I have stuff, because I live here, it makes sense. And yay, more money. <laughs> yay. Yeah. But cool yeah, uh, that's excellent. That's excellent. And, uh, well, that uh, that loads it up for our RNG. I'd like to, to thank everyone for uh, stopping by. We appreciate it here at the Legion of Myth. And uh, if you want, like I said earlier, you want to like, subscribe, comment, please do so. 
We love followers. We love subscribers. Uh, check us out on YouTube, Reddit, Twitter, Discord, and all of the good uh, podcast aggregates everywhere. And you want to support us, please. Uh, my two favorite are Patreon and the gear. The gear is my favorite. Like I said, uh, later on tonight, I will be sending out uh, Elgarian his shirt. He, he gets it. Yes. So, and you can get one, too. Trust me, I made sure they're reasonably priced. <laughs> now, you want to see our other streamers? That's great. Max Liao and Noro stream as well. Max streams on Tuesdays and Fridays. He's streaming currently uh, Elix. Uh, he's going. He went through behind the scenes some grindy stuff that he had to do, but uh, it's a very interesting world. The backstory is amazing. You should really check it out. Uh, he did Kingdoms, Kingdoms of Amalur, The Reckoning, uh, the whole thing the way through. Please check that out on YouTube. Uh, and Noro every Wednesday streams World of Tanks. That 1900 uh, Central European time, which ends up being 1 p.m. Eastern and noon Central for both of these streamers. Max needs to do Battletech as a multiplayer. Oh, Max, no. No, he hates all <laughs> Battletech games because they're not like the board game. So it just makes him mad. Yeah. Yeah, it just makes him mad. But I want to thank all of our uh, top subscribers, Hicks206 and uh, Red Specs Gaming. Thank you very much. And our, our Patreon supporters, which Algarian is one, shares Hicks206, R and others. And all of our Streamlabs supporters, Baldahar especially, uh, Erwin Rommel, McCool's Hera, Magical Kakarot Fanbar, Spectral Fire, uh, Level 99 Kakarot, and me. And of course, our PayPal, our highest PayPal donator is Alan51. Okay, do you have anything you wanna you wanna end it with, Elgarian? This beer's pretty good. This beer's pretty good. What is it? I can't read it. Medello. Medello. Legion of Myth endorsed Medello yep. Brew. Have it, have it, have it. There it is. So I want to, th again, thank everybody, and you all have a great night. Bye, guys. I need to turn my thermostat.